And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And it's good to be back, ladies and gents. It's good to be back indeed. Uh, for those that are unaware, I'm kind of back from the, the COVID list, so to speak. And, you know, first off, want to give a lot of shout outs to the people who did reach out and just, you know, sent over some kind messages. But we're back now. It's good to be back on the pod. It's good to be talking Raptors. Obviously, would have been better if they won. But hey, that happens. But nonetheless, we're back here on this, the Wrap It Up podcast. And again, just to remind y'all, because I know it's been a while. We did game one of the season. We did game one. And then that was it, as I got sick for a while there. But we are back with the season three vibes. I'm back from the COVID protocol list. And finally, we're back on the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. And once again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And I would like to thank you guys for tuning in because we are back and we are live, as always, wherever you get your podcast. We are live on all bunch of streaming services. We're live on Twitter. We're live on Instagram. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook. And, you know, people have been telling me about Twitch. Should I be on Twitch, people? Raptors fans, let me know. Let me know in the comments. If that's something you guys want, of course, I could put the postgame show up live on Twitch as well. Just for you. Because, again, this is your show, Wrap It Up fans. This is all about you. Talking about the Raptors after each and every game. The only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show there is. And I'm, I can't stress how happy I am to be back talking Raptors with you guys because it just makes things feel normal again <laughs> I can't even lie to you guys it was it was rough there for a while not going to get too deep into it did that on a couple other podcasts if you want to go back and check that but I will say this much uh thanks again for all the people who sent over kind messages about missing the pod about wishing me well needed all the positive vibes we can get and thank you for that for sure but as we get to what we do here, which is the Toronto Raptors post-game show. Raptors came into this game winners of five of six, trying to inch their way back to 500. And it's funny, as I said, I did the post-game show after the first game, and that was it. Things were rough for the Raptors early on too, but they've slowly climbed their way back. They're trying to make it back to 500. As mentioned, they came in winners of five, and, of, five of six, pardon me. So this would have been a pretty big win. But it was a tough one. You're coming in off the second night of a back-to-back. You're without Pascal Siakam again. You won without Kyle Lowry in the last game, but Kyle Lowry was coming back. Pascal was still out tonight. And either way, you know, the Raptors, this Raptors team is going to put up a fight. And it was a very tough game. But the one key early on for the Toronto Raptors, I think, if we're going to say a bright spot, was your man's Norman Powell. And Norm, we've seen the difference from Norm his splits from when he starts to when he comes off the bench. And Norm came out gunning in this game for the Raptors. And it was an interesting start because Norm came out on a great start, but so did the Pacers. And if you look at how the first quarter broke down, and just for people who might be new for the pod, because I know it's been a while, kind of how we do things, I'll go through the game while you guys send in your comments and questions on all these platforms, hit the comment section for sure. I will try to respond to each and every one of you as much as I can. And then we will get back to business here. I'll answer those questions and we'll wrap up what we call here 
the Wrap It Up podcast. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in because at the end of the day, without you guys, I wouldn't be here doing the show. But let's get on to it. As I mentioned, Norm as a starter, Norm coming off the bench. Coming into this game, Norm, this was going to be Norm's sixth game, right? Let's just go through a few things here, right? So Norm, in his five games as a starter, averaging 18 points, 18.2 to be exact. In his 11 games coming off the bench, 10.5. Norm as a starter from the floor this season, shooting 50% from the floor. Norm coming off the bench, 35.4%. Norm from three-point land as a starter, your man's Norman Powell. As a starter, your man's Norman Powell just shooting 40%, right? Not bad, but pretty good. And it's still a point and a half ahead of where he's at coming off the bench. So the key here is that Norman Powell has been doing a lot better coming off or starting the games as opposed to coming off the bench. And there's a lot of different things to that, right? Because obviously when there's no Pascal Siakam, obviously when there's no Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell knows that he has to get busy. He knows that, right? So he comes in with a confidence, like, more so than we normally see from Norm. Norm comes in confident, but if he's if he's starting and that means Kyle's out or Siakam's out, that just means more shots. So you know what you're going to get from Norm. And he came out hot in this game. He started four or five from the floor. He had nine points super early. But for Norm, he couldn't really do it. And this was a theme of the game. He couldn't really do it all by himself. Norm was doing it all for the reps as he tried to carry the team. He tried to carry the load for the team, and he just couldn't do it. Freddie picked him up, had some help late, but it just wasn't enough. Norm started out well, but it wasn't. It was matched by what the Pacers were doing on the other end. And Brogdon and Sabonis, okay? In the first half of the back-to-back, those two guys, 6-32 from the floor. They started out tonight's game 6-11. of 11. When you're getting production like that from your two big guys, that's huge. But that was basically the story of the first quarter. The Pacers getting off to a great start. Their two-star players getting off to a good start. And really managing what, or, or lessening the blow of what Norm was trying to do. Because Norm came out gunning, as mentioned. But the Raptors were getting some good, solid minutes from a couple of their guys coming off the bench. That's Chris Boucher and Stanley Johnson. And if you're noticing a theme, because I know a lot of talk so far has been about the Raptors bench. And what exactly Nick Nurse's plan is, because sometimes you see, I mean, as evident tonight, Terrence Davis played like three or four minutes early, second half minutes, those minutes went to Paul Watson, those minutes went to uh, Matt Thomas. So Nick Nurse is still playing around with his rotation, but if there's something that we can learn from what Nick Nurse is doing and who he's giving the minutes to, basically he wants you to come off the bench and provide energy. And if you can do that, you're going to get more minutes. Sounds simple, right? But yet, the Raptors players haven't been able to figure that out. We've seen Chris Boucher solidify his role off the bench as he continues to get minutes because energy is Chris Boucher's middle name. That's the only way my guy knows how to play. What we've seen lately, though, someone else joined that train as well, and that guy is Stanley Johnson. And I'll be honest, if anybody saw the emergence in the Raptors rotation from Chris Boucher and Stanley Johnson, maybe you could give me Chris Boucher because he showed signs last year of where if you gave him the opportunity, he would be he wanted more minutes. He was just energy all the time. But Stanley Johnson, I did not see this coming. But he comes off the bench and 
He's just providing defense. And the thing with Stanley Johnson is he gives them the option. He can guard one through four in this modern NBA. And Nick Nurse is having a lot of fun doing that. When someone starts getting going early, you see Stanley Johnson come in the game and it's getting earlier and earlier in the game where you start to see the Stanley Johnson minutes as you saw it in the first quarter in this game. Stanley Johnson comes out, starts playing some solid defense. Raptors start playing some, some defense as a team. And that's really good for them because you understand why Nick Nurse is doing this. We all know Matt Thomas is a sharpshooter. We all know Terrence Davis is a great offensive player. But this Raptors team and this Raptors culture is built on defense. And that's how you're going to earn your way into the rotation by playing defense and giving energy on the defensive end. And what we've seen from Stanley Johnson has been interesting because he comes in and plays defense. But we're also now starting to see my guy with a lot more confidence on the offensive end as well. My guy's bringing up the ball sometimes. You see him come with a little bit of a handle, driving into the lane. Like, you're seeing a lot from Stanley Johnson that I did not know was in his game. But as was mentioned, I want to say four or five games ago, in one of the off-day sounds or post-game, whatever it was, but he did a lot of work with Raptors coaches in the offseason. So this, this is work being put in that we're now seeing the fruits of his labor now coming through, and Stanley Johnson is getting minutes and becoming a key part in this Raptors rotation. And it starts from defense, but you're seeing the confidence come on offense as well. Who's not confident is Terrence Davis. As mentioned, he came in in the first quarter, didn't really give many good minutes to Nick Nurse, had some terrible turnovers, and he it was back to the bench for him. But Indiana, the Raptors as a whole, weren't playing defense, and that's why Terrence Davis was out, because when he came in, they didn't do much to stop the run of what was going on from the Indiana Pacers. They were up early, 31-23. to 23. Raptors do a good job of kind of fighting that off. And by the end of that first quarter, the Pacers led the game. But the key was they shot 54% from the floor. They were 6-7 of seven from three-point land and led only by three. That was the weird part, right? Pacers were shooting the lights out. Didn't matter. There's 11 from Sabonis, 9 points from Norm. Norm also had 3 assists in that first quarter alone, which was huge. And Norm, you want to see that continued, well, just consistency from Norm. That's basically the story of his whole career, but off to a good start anyways. Tough break, though, for the Pacers, as late in the first quarter, it was announced that, well, we saw Sabonis grabbing his knee, clutching his knee. He ends up leaving the game, and he would not return. Uh, I think he had a knee contusion was the final word there from uh, the, the Pacers uh, PR staff. But with Sabonis out with a right knee contusion, you think about it and you look at the Raptors and you say, okay, well, even though you're without Pascal, this is a good opportunity for you. You've managed to keep it close. You've, hand, you've weathered the storm of the Pacers shooting the lights out in the first quarter. Maybe you could make a run. But the Raptors bench... You're playing with front lines of Chris Boucher and Watanabe. And that's tough. Because early on you see Baines giving you some solid minutes. I still don't get why why Baines is allowed to shoot threes. I don't get that. I will never get that. I will cringe every single time Aaron Baines attempts a three-pointer. Even if it goes in. Because all that means is he's just shooting the next two. And will miss the next two. And he's not a 33% shooter. So I'll let you do the math on what happens after that. But the point remains, 
if once you take Baines out and you're playing against a front line that has a legitimate center like Miles Turner, that's going to be tough for Chris Boucher to handle things in the post by himself. And you saw Miles Turner, he was just eating food on the glass, grabbing mad rebounds. It was tough. It was really tough for Chris Boucher, but him and Watanabe, you got to give them credit, man. Those guys were doing work. They were they were throwing their body around. They were just trying to cause havoc down there. And that Raptors bench unit was tough. OG, who had a massive night last night, struggled for the most part in this game. And they really needed his scoring, but also they really needed his defense in this game. And later on when he got hurt, that's tough. But early on, Second cue belonged to Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb started to get cooking early in that second quarter, and I feel like Jeremy Lamb is one of those guys that always cooks the Raptors. I don't know why. I don't have an explanation for it. But even if you go back to last season and you think about how Jeremy Lamb has continued to just cook the Raptors, and even the two years ago, if you go back two years to when the Kawhi, when Kawhi was on the Raptors still, and if you remember Jeremy Lamb hitting a crazy, crazy, crazy um, buzzer beater to beat the Raptors when he was a part of the Hornets, if you remember correctly, and it's just, I don't know how to explain it, I don't have a reason for it, but it just seems like certain guys who aren't superstars, somehow, some way, it's just like, these guys manage to just cook the Raptors. And I don't know what it means. I don't know why it happens. I don't understand why it happens. But it's just the way that it is for the most part. The Toronto Raptors struggle when they get matched up against Jeremy Lamb. And it's and it's like it doesn't even matter who the guys are on the Raptors because my guy's just getting busy. And if you look at Jeremy Lamb's numbers in this game, he had it going today as he finished with 22 points and I know Brogdon was a high scorer for I know Brogdon's a high scorer for the Pacers but Brogdon kind of especially once we saw that uh, Sabonis was out Brogdon was kind of doing the pacing right in terms of pardon the pun in terms of scoring in pockets figuring out when he had to score but in that middle portion of the game when the game's still up for grabs and the Raptors are making runs and the Raptors are playing lockdown defense, it was Jeremy Lamb early. And he started with 10 points in that second quarter. Like he came off the bench at 10 points early after a very tough turnaround over OG in the lane. And he was just scoring difficult, difficult baskets. And I didn't really know at one point, I had no idea what the Raptors do in that situation because they tried everything. They had Stanley come in on them. They had OG on them for a bit. And my guy just had it going. And he's one of those guys that once he sees a ball go through the hoop, it's kind of tough to turn off the switch at that point if you're the Raptors. But again, at halftime, Raps are still in it, right? Raps are still right there. They got, you know, Paul Watson minutes out of nowhere. He knocked down a three for the Raps. Norm continued to do exactly what they needed him to do. Norm was cooking early. But it was the Pacers getting stuff from their bench, namely Jeremy Lamb. And Brogdon turning things around. He had 12 points in the first half of this back-to-back on 5 of 22 shooting. That's what he did in game one last night. Tonight, Brogdon answers. Again, 12 points in the first game, 15 points in the first half, right? Credit to Freddie, who was able to hit a tough fadeaway at the buzzer to cut the lead to, to 10, which is way more manageable at halftime. 
But the Raptors gave up 70 first half points. 70 first half points. That doesn't sound like a Toronto Raptors team, does it? And and when you're doing that, that's going to be tough to come back because you're working so hard to get buckets to keep up that do you have the legs to also play defense to kind of stop the run? And in the first half, it wasn't there. Pacers shot 60% in the second quarter. <laughs> Again, that does not sound like a Raptors team. And they were only down 10 because of Fred Van Fleet. Freddie had things cooking. And he had things cooking into the third quarter as well. Freddie hits a three. He had 18 early in the third. And the Raptors really started putting the clamps on defense at this point where the zone was slowing the Pacers. Right, The Raptors were able to cut the lead and they had a, a, a run there where I think a 10-0 run at one point where they're able to play defense and turn their defense into offense. And that more sounds like the Raptors team that we have come to know and love year in and year out where they do it playing defense as well. And you know, if that's not the Raptors team that we know, I don't know what is, but they did it in that second quarter or sorry, in the start of the second half, in that third quarter, pardon me, and you had Norman Powell just attacking and going to the basket. And it was great to see because defense to offense, Freddie with the steal, ends up getting a layup, go, taking it coast to coast. At this point, our old friend Nate Bjorgman is kind of <laughs> feeling the heat as he ended up taking a tech. And the Raps come all the way back and cut the lead to two. And right there, the game's in, in play. The game is in play. Raptors cut the lead to two. OG, who struggled in this game offensively after having a breakout night the night before, he hit a big three that had the Raptors right there. Boucher again giving clutch minutes. Boucher, as a part of a 17-7 run for the Raptors, Boucher had two massive, massive blocks. And you can't deny just how big those blocks are just in terms of getting the team hyped up, getting the team some energy. But the Raps start making a run. The Raps start making a run. But again, Jeremy Lamb just continued to get buckets. And the crazy part is it's just his fourth game back this season after recovering from a torn ACL. And my guy had a quick 17 early in the third. And it was just, he was doing everything. Stanley Johnson came in to try to slow him. First play, Jeremy Lamb took him to the bucket as well. And this was a battle in the middle, right? In the middle in that middle quarter, the second and third quarters, this was a battle. It was up in the air. Norm showing great hustle on defense, getting a steal, going coast to coast after getting a 50-50 ball. Like, Norm was locked in. It was great to see. And the Raps, again, were right there because of from bad contributions from their bench to good contributions from their bench. As we got some Matt Thomas minutes, who didn't hasn't played in a while, but he steps in, knocks down an and one three, and then it was about closing quarters. Because it didn't look like the Raptors were on pace to do that until Wantanabe got on the glass with back-to-back -back offensive rebounds. The first one, he was able to get the offensive rebound and tip it back in for two. The next one, right as the buzzer sounded, he gets the ball, doesn't, I mean, he tried, sorry, he tried to, to jump and get the rebound and was boxed out, undercut really, fouls called, means he goes to the line, shoots two free throws. That cut the lead to one at the end of three. So you're looking at it from the Toronto Raptors. You struggled. Basically, Norman Powell and Freddie are the only people getting buckets for your team. The Pacers were shooting crazy in the first half, but you turn that around, and you're heading into the fourth quarter, down one, 98 to 97. 
And in that third quarter, the Raptors held Indy to 37% shooting. They held everyone down, except for Jeremy Lamb, who had 12 points in that quarter. So we get to the fourth. Basically, the Raptors just ran out of gas. In that fourth quarter, the Raptors ran out of gas. And one thing that didn't help them, when you're a team that's dealing with depth issues already to start the game, and then OG gets an elbow and he's forced to leave the game, he had to go into concussion protocol and even get stitches, he didn't end up returning to the game. But when you're already short, short-staffed, short so to speak, and then you lose OG and Anobi, it's going to be tough down the stretch. And it was tough down the stretch for the Raptors. They struggled to score. They started that fourth quarter 5 of 20 from the floor, missing, I want to say, 6 or 7 straight field goals. There was a span from the 439 mark till about under a minute when Freddie, when the game was already done and Freddie hits a long two, where the Raptors didn't score a field goal. From basically the 4.5 minute mark to the end of the game, the Raptors couldn't score a field goal. And when you do that, you're going to take L's. And you could see the frustration set in because it was a tough night for a guy like Kyle Lowry, right? We know Kyle Lowry is playing his first game. He's, he's his first game back as he's dealing with the toe issue, but he struggled in this game. Kyle did not look good. He was just one of five from three, two of 11 overall. Guts out 12 points, but just the way that he was playing, you could tell that it wasn't the same Kyle Lowry. My guy wasn't even able to get the charge calls that we're normally used to seeing Kyle Lowry get. So it was tough on that end. But no one on the Raptors could score unless you were named Norman Powell and Fred Van Fleet. Which kind of made it weird to me because maybe those guys ran out of gas on the second night of a back-to-back. But down the stretch, Kyle tried. He didn't have much in the tank. Didn't have anything going. And then late, you saw Boucher attempting threes and missing. And you kind of watch that game and you say, okay, well, if Fred and Norm are the two guys that have it going, how about we try getting them some shots late? But it just didn't work out that way. And on the flip side, the Pacers were just making plays. Brogdon was getting in the lane and making plays as he, again, finished with 36 points, nine assists, and seven rebounds for Brogdon on 10 of 17 shooting. That's just an incredible night. We mentioned the work that Jeremy Lamb did, 7 of 12 shooting, 22.7 rebounds off the bench, but also got to tip the cap to Miles Turner, who, you know, is a big guy who kind of likes playing the perimeter. But obviously, once Sabonis went down, it was obvious he had to take it down into the paint and really try to figure out something new. And he did that very successfully. He was a beast down there and dominated the paint, finishing with 21 points, 10 rebounds for Miles Turner but also getting to the line as he attempted 16 free throws, making 11 of them. But at the end of the day, just too much for the Raptors to overcome at this point as they fall 129 to 114 to the Indiana Pacers. And the Raptors are now 7-10 and 10 on the season. But on the bright side, you got to say one thing. I got to say one thing. It is very good to see that at least at this point, the Raptors are at least coming close. They're in contention. And I know we don't want to talk too much about moral victories because we're not about that life here, right? Raps have won a championship over the moral victories, right? But I'll say this much. Once you dig yourself a hole like the Raptors dug themselves to start this season, 
you kind of just got to take it and, and look at it and say, hey, you know what? We struggled to start the year, but you just got to get wins when you can. And the moral victory, I guess, comes from the fact that, hey, <laughs> they got one of two in this split because you needed to get a split here because you're going in to face the Bucks on Wednesday. And so you want to at least get one win before you get to that game. So the Raptors do that. They got the one win. They got the split. And hopefully Pascal is okay and he's able to come back. Hopefully Lowry got to, you know, work out some kinks and he'll be better served for Wednesday night's game. But either way, Raptors fall 129 to 114. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in. Whether you are watching live on Instagram, those people on the Instagram feed appreciate you a lot. Um, huge shouts to the people watching on Twitter and on Facebook and on YouTube. Although I don't know if we're actually up on YouTube because I can't see the stream. But shouts to the people wherever you are watching the pod and of course taking your comments and questions as always. So let's get to some comments here. Hanson says, glad Wrap It Up is back. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you, my dude. Appreciate it. Uh, Cohen says he's back. Very happy to see it. Appreciate that. Brenda, welcome back. Good to see you healthy again. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate that. It's It feels good to be back and doing this. And the reason why it kind of took so long as well was just because I wanted to be able to get through this without coughing, without having to stop for water, bringing you guys some energy that I wouldn't just, you know, tire out midway through. So that was really important to me as well. And that's kind of why, you know, we waited this long before we, we brought back the pod. So really appreciate you guys. But let me know what you guys think of the game, what you think of the Raptors season so far. Because of course, I mean, at this point, I know a lot's gone on in between the first game of the season that I did and then, you know, where we're at now. So any questions you guys have, obviously I was still taking in the Raptor games. I was watching the games. I was taking them in. So don't hesitate. Let me know. Send in questions, comments, anything you guys got. I'm here to answer those as well. So let's start. Uh, Dio's mom says, Stanley making believers of us all. Again, I am shocked at this development. I wasn't expecting that at all. Out of nowhere, Stanley Johnson just giving the Raptors such key minutes. Who saw that coming? I want to know who that person is and why that person would think that Stanley Johnson would be the one to be giving the Raptors such great minutes. I have no idea. I don't get it. But again, it starts at the defensive end. And again, it's another good sign of the Raptors development program because I mentioned it earlier, the work that Stanley did with the Raptors coaches in the offseason Obviously, you're seeing that pay dividends now, and it's great to see. Uh, let's get to some more comments here as I keep scrolling on Instagram. Another comment. I thought that was mostly because Fred and Kyle were flat and didn't make enough. Kyle not getting any charges sucked too. Yeah, down the stretch, Kyle just wasn't making shots. And maybe Kyle was trying to pace himself, you know, let Fred and Norm kind of carry it. And maybe Kyle was saving his energy to try to close. He just couldn't do it. Maybe that was the thing that happened. I don't know, but it was tough down the stretch. Closing time, the Raptors didn't have much in, in the tank at all, and that was tough to see because they were right there. The opportunity was right there for them. They just couldn't finish it off. Um, more comments. My guy LT says, it's looking to be a very interesting season trying to win back-to-back -back games against the same teams. 
Yeah, that's a tough one, right? The way that this season is set up, there's a lot of back-to-backs against the same team. So you get an opportunity, like you 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 almost think that the most likely scenario in that situation is a split, right? Just because that's that's the way, you know, you, you work out the kinks from what, for whatever went wrong for you in game one if you lose, and then boom, you come back in game two. But I'm interested to see how that plays out for the whole season for sure. And at this point, if you're the Raps... You're happy with the split here, especially, especially as you head in to the next game, which will be against the Milwaukee Bucks, as mentioned, and the Raptors' upcoming schedule. You got the Bucks on Wednesday, the Kings on Friday, and then another back-to-back games against the Orlando Magic. Then after that, got the Brooklyn Nets on the other side. So a chance for the Raptors, because right now I think the goal is just to get back to 500, right? Because... It's this early on in the season. All these teams are are jumbled up. It's so close. Raptors are now 7-10, and and they are, what, 11th in the Eastern Conference? But really, you're a game and a half out of sixth, right? So everything is so close. There's just so many teams. I think you got to just, especially, you know, you got to just focus in at this point on getting back to 500. And then once you do that, okay, let's get, five games over 500 okay if we can let's get 10 games like that's how you got to look at it whether you can or not I think Nick was it Nick Nurse had always talked about trying to break the schedule in the five game sectors right and just trying to win this five game chunk as you continue to move on I think that's what you got to do if you're the Raptors you got to look at it from that sense and just try to get back in it and you know hey I stick out I stand by my initial statement to start the season on our preview show for everything that this Raptors team is going to have to go through in terms of playing in Tampa Bay and not playing, not having an actual home, and then dealing with the fact that you have a lot of new pieces that you're going to be expecting a lot from, I mean, avoid the play-in tournament would be a massive success. Said that at the start of the year, and I'm still saying that now, and it's good to see the signs of life from the Raptors, and hopefully they can continue that for sure. I'll take one more comment here from Ann who says, hoping OG will develop like Kawhi. We have to develop our own stars. They are not coming in free agency. Well, it's interesting because I know this sounds like the easy thing to say and I say it all the time, but it's just consistency, right? OG Ananobi had a great game last night and I know it's tough because it's a back-to-back, right? But... If you're the Raptors and you're missing Pascal Siakam in back-to-back games, OG had 30 last night and then gets hurt in this game in the fourth quarter, but only had 10 points and wasn't really doing too well at the offensive end before he got hurt. So, I mean, that's tough, right? You, You want that, I forget who the coach was. Was it Paul Silas? Someone who described the difference between a a 20-point player right? Someone who averages, like we think that everyone that averages 20 points per game is equal, but that's not really how it works because you have guys that'll come out and get you 30 one night and then get you 10 the next night, right? And that's kind of what the Raptors want more so is just the consistency from OG, which he was giving them in every game before this game. Like he was on the steady uptick where he's been averaging, I want to say over the last eight games, he was up to over 15 points per game, which was great signs to see. And as you kind of change your 
expectations of what you want to get out of this season, not how far the Raptors are going to get. Remove that thought process for a second. But I'm just saying things you want to get out of this season. You want to know that at the end of it, you at least saw signs from OG of continued development and him expanding his game offensively. And you're starting to see that. For Norm, you want to see consistency. If we're talking about the the stars of the team, the Pascals and the Freds, you want them to cook night in, night out. Freddie has done a good job, I want to say this, when someone is out of the lineup, Freddie is going to figure out a way to get to 20 plus points. We saw that in the playoffs. He he might shoot 20 odd shots to get there, but he knows that he has to get buckets and he's going to do that. So again, the Raptors fall to the Pacers 129-114. They split the back-to-back. Raptors now 7-10 and on the season as they look to continue their climb towards getting back to 500. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate you guys. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you get the podcast because this live show that we do live after each and every Raptors game you can find on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube normally. Apologies if that's actually not going on right now, but that was a goal. Um, and on uh, Twitter and Facebook as well. But after that, the podcast ends up wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes or Apple, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that fun stuff. You can find the podcast there. Again, like and subscribe. Really need those numbers. It really helps keep the train moving for what we're doing here. And, you know, appreciate the fans that have been liking and subscribing along the way. Because without you guys, we wouldn't have a show. So really appreciate you guys. And again, I just want to, you know, repeat myself from what I said from the start of the show. Appreciate all the messages that I that you guys sent me. You know, again, I really needed the, the positive vibes in that moment. So, you know, one of the benefits of building a platform like this where you have such a community of, you know, I've, I feel like I'm talking to my friends after each and every Raptors game. Um, it was good in a time of need to get all those positive messages back from you guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys. I, I mean it all the time. Thank you guys for rocking with me here on what we do because we're just here to talk ball. We're here to talk Raptors. Why? Because we all love the Toronto Raptors. And you know what? Even if this is a tough season, can't take it away. If you're reading this, we still champs, right? <laughs> so again, thanks guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And you know what? As I always say on this podcast, because we do it all the time, we try to say that we're gonna, you know, continue to have the pod night in, night out. And we really do mean it. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. It really means a lot. Hopefully the Toronto Raptors can win some more games for us and we'll have some more happy vibes, but they're on their way. A pretty good showing for the Raps, even without Pascal Siakam. They keep it close. Not getting much from Pascal, because he didn't play. Not getting much from Kyle, who did play. But still some positive signs for the Toronto Raptors as we hope to see signs of consistency from your man's Norman Powell. But again, the Raptors fall 129-114 to the Indiana Pacers. My name is Sheldon Alexander. I'll see you guys again on this Wrap It Up podcast, which you can find live after each and every Toronto Raptors postgame show. And it's been a while, and I probably never meant it as much as this, but I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time. See ya.
Boom, blast.